Hey, welcome to the first episode of Ask the Bicycle Doctor. It's your Uncle Gomez, and I'm here with Mache and Kyle. What's up, dudes? What's up? What's happening? We're here at the Bicycle Doctor in Dousman, Wisconsin, at the coffee bar. And uh, the thing that uh, we play here at the shop quite often, and every every shift that I work, is we have the... uh, what I like to call the Tour de Nome, but it's probably the rest of you know as the Tour de France. So uh, the commentators sure did do hype this thing up. It's like, this is the best tour ever, the most exciting. And the same guy won. What's up with that? Oh, you know, every tour they say it's the best tour, you know, ever. We had a good lineup. We knew, the, I predicted Tade Pogacar, the winner. So he was, I sh- I he was your favored Favorite to win? Favorite to win. Uh, there's some other contenders, but they just, they didn't, they're not as good. This guy is so talented. You can just tell the way he rides his bike. He's enjoying, he's smiling, he's sticking his tongue out at the cameras. He's having a good time. He's not your typical, you know, uptight uh, guy that's, you know, only eats 500 grams of fish a day and he's got to <laughs> win the tour, you know? Yeah. My favorite was. Peter Sagan, because he wheelies when he wins, and <laughs> he can ride his road bike over a Peugeot, over the team car, uh, and he got knocked out in one of the crashes, right? Yeah, he rode the, who was it, the Caleb? Caleb McGuin. Yeah, there you go. He, he, he fell on his wheel, so he didn't get it too hurt, you know? So mm-hmm. he just kind of surfed on the wheel and got up. He was, I think he was angry at him, but he saw that guy was on the ground in pain, so he didn't yell at him. Yeah. Um, and then I think he pulled out of the tour because he smacked the handlebar with his knee and got infected or something oh. like that. Um, but he, you know, he was sick with COVID, I think, earlier. So I don't think he was on 100%, which brings us to the green jersey. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cavendish. I thought he was done about three years ago. I thought he should retire. Yeah. I mean, maybe before we even get into talking about the green jersey, let's go back to Peter Sagan's knee and the injuries that started on day one of the tour. Oh, man. Tade Pagacha, we didn't hear about him until maybe the, the first or second week, and he avoided a lot of the big wrecks. Yes, the tour can be lost in the first week, everybody's edgy. The, there's there's full pelotons going for the sprint. Uh, every, everybody's gunning for the win. The key thing is to stay out of trouble. Uh, last year, I believe, he was behind because the group got split somewhere in the flat stage in the crosswind. If you don't hear about the contender first week, that's actually perfect. You heard about uh, Roglic, who crashed. He actually hit somebody's wheel in front of him. He Pretty much took himself out in yeah. one of the most fantastic-looking uh, crashes. Yeah. Like uh, they were his all, bike launched fifteen you know, feet in the air. You kind of feel bad about those crashes, but every one of us deep down is watching and seeing the crashes, and that's a lot of people look forward to that, except yeah. for the cyclists. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. we always talk about the fans getting really close to the racers. Yeah. Well, this was probably one of the first times in Tour de France history there was a manhunt for the yeah. fan that caused yeah. the crash. The, the, the Tony Martin Tony Martin got taken out by the cardboard sign. The right. woman uh, eventually got 
looking at the camera and not looking at the peloton. Unfortunate, you know. I'm sure she's a cycling fan. It happened. It can happen to. There was all a of dog. Us. There was a yellow lab the, a couple of years ago that ran out on the course and took. And he was a fan herself. too, right? <laughs> He got run over, but uh, you feel bad for the dog. I mean, Peter Sagan, during the time trial, was it a Giro or something? To hop on the sidewalk, go around the lady who was walking the dog on the leash. You yeah. Know? But it's a course. You always got to have your eyes open. You never put your head down. Look at your wheel. I don't care. Yeah, I, I'm just surprised that more of the motorcycles and cars and team cars don't don't have problems. It's Because it's a chaotic scene uh, when all of that is going. When you see... When when the peloton breaks up into chase groups and and uh, breakaways, it's like it's a there's a bunch of cars <laughs> in between there. And how does that all work? And and uh, yeah, it's there's, crazy. there's marshals in there. There's the ex professional bike racers that keep an eye on it because they have an understanding of the race and the peloton and the crowd. And you know that's what who, who right. gets hired on those when motorcycles. You get to, when you get to that level, yeah. Uh, you know, I don't ever. I've never had a team car. <laughs> How do you get here? You get a team. You're team Gomez. Oh, that's team right, Gomez. So before before the race started, did you have a favorite, Kyle? Uh, no, I like to start the race fresh and see what happens after the first week or two. And I tend to root for underdogs. Yeah. Um, so last year, the story of Pagacha was was a really good one. This year. It was Pagacha and Roglic, and who was going to come out first, and unfortunately Roglic hits, hit the ground. Right. Um, so then I went to my backup guy on Team uh, Jumbo, and that was Walt Van Aert. Ah. And he had, a, he had a pretty good tour, former cyclocross rider who I've met at the Trek CX Cup before. Cool. SRAM hosted a meet and greet, and we got to sit down with Walt Van Aert. So he's pretty similar in age to me and it felt like I was just talking to a friend there so it's uh, cool seeing him on the world stage winning a mountain stage then a time trial stage right and then a sprint stage on Champs-Élysées Champs-Élysées so and he he took away Mark Cavendish's glory for the record number of stage wins Defendant. But it writes the story where he has to come back for one more tour. He's got the contract for next year. <laughs> well, so Belgian defended the Belgian record. Right. Yeah. Right. But that's another story. The, the 34 wins of Merckx versus Cavendish. It's, it's a different caliber, if you ask me. You know, yeah. Cavendish wins sprints. Merckx would be leading the tour by three minutes and then break away on a flat stage and row right away from everybody. I just go by the nickname, and uh, Eddie Merckx, you know, has a much better nickname. I don't know if, uh, you know. The cannibal? <laughs> that's, that's Eddie Merckx's? I thought he was the Badger. Oh, no, Badger was the, uh, was Laurent Fignot. Oh, uh, Laurent Fignot. No, yeah. no, no but, yeah, 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 there you go. <laughs> We can't hear you. We we're, have headphones on. We're not histo- We're not really historians, you know. So I, I wasn't even live back then. Well, but, uh, uh, so well, what about v- Vanderpool? We we missed out on Vanderpool oh, here. Yeah, true that. We gotta talk oh, about he burned bright, and then he he said, "I'm out of here. I gotta prep for the Olympics." But you know, I, it would be interesting to go back for. Tour after tour, in the modern age of the tour, and see yeah. who was in yellow for the first week, and see how many of those people actually had yellow at the end. Right. You know, well, to 
go back to your point of, well, if you don't see the GC in the, in the first week, it's probably a good, a thing, good thing because yeah. they're buying their time because the team doesn't have to work too hard in the front. And, you know, you, you get the responsibility once you get the leader in the yellow. you got to be in the front, show yourself off, defend, right. make sure they're in the front. You know, you get to break all the catch all the breakaways because first week, you know, the differences are seconds. So you can't let the breakaway go for five, ten minutes up the road because you're going to lose that jersey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's different after mountain stages when there's, you know, an hour behind. They let that guy go and, you know, you don't have to chase as hard. Well, and, you know, too, if you're wearing yellow, you have to do more interviews than the rest of the riders. So you get to your hotel later. You're getting less sleep. Getting your intravenous fluid replacement slower, and do they do that? And and I I think that that's that's yeah that's standard operational procedures that they're they're outputting. Uh, these guys get IVs, I thought. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. As long as it's within the UCI rules. Yeah, it's just calories. They can't take in as many calories as they need. Correct. So. Well, speaking of calories, we have a question from one of our readers who says his question is from Clydesdales Everywhere. So uh, he's asking, 29 by 5, who's going to be the first one to make it? And will it be made at all? What do you guys think? 29 by 5 for a fat bike uh, platform. That's a big wheel. That's a That's tall a wheel. Big. Wow. Dude. Yeah. I thought the 27 and a half inch wheel looked big. Um, and it is a full inch taller than twenty six by five. You know, I think I think the wheel size, tire size, it's all rider size specific. Yeah, you have somebody who's five one, they're gonna maybe ride a twenty six inch three point eight tire. Right, and only sixty five millimeter width. Maybe don't right. have to have that eighty millimeter width or eighty five. It's, it's becoming more size uh, uh, specific because. Pushing a five-inch tire for somebody who is five one and one hundred and ten pounds, and I think the real world sorted that out with the five hundred five tire, the V two XL tire. It weighs nineteen hundred grams each tire, <laughs> uh-huh. and that was too much for most people to want to push. Yeah, I have a set of wheels that weighs as much as though that one tire. Oh yes, uh, the carbon wheels. Yeah. Um, so if you're a six foot seven, three hundred and fifteen pound, five percent body fat person, that would make sense. It twenty nine <laughs> by five would make sense. But until as a species we grow the majority of the people that large, which we're moving that direction, I feel more steroids. <laughs> yeah, all that, all that GMO growth, right? Oh, growth yeah. hormone in the milk, etc. At least you know the people in the first world that are getting good nutrition. I think that we build bigger humans, they'll make bigger wheels for you. Um, but if you're a five foot ten guy that weighs 285 pounds, that would be me two years ago. And uh-huh. I would say, lose the weight. You will love biking so much more. <laughs> Power to weight ratio. Yeah. Well, so yeah. like a 29 by 5 inch tire, what is that equivalent? We don't have that on a mountain bike yet. Is that like a 32 inch wheel? Which I think I've seen some videos of early prototypes and they, they could ride up a set of stairs. But so a 27 and a half inch wheel tire combo is about a 29 by 2.3. So this 29 by 5 is a 
bigger wheel than any manufacturer's built right. yet. You're going to look at, New instead state. of it being an inch taller than 25 by 6, I think it's going to be an inch and a half, like so two and a half inches taller. Uh, I just think the mass, you'd have to have that longer femur yeah. to make it make sense. To and have, then maybe you have to have super, super boost or something to make right. the wheel stiffer and different forks and... It just kind of rolls into this whole thing yeah. of having new parts and manufacturing new standards and the, kind of like what we do. Kind of goes back to that. They, oh, people always talked about, well, they have five-inch tires. Why not six? Why not <laughs> six and a quarter? And I don't know. Even when, when I weighed 275 pounds, I never needed a tire fatter than 26 by 4.8. Maybe. And I could even then, on most conditions, get away with a 80 millimeter and a 4 or 4.2 inch tire and get enough float to ride on everything. Maybe it's something for uh, consider on future fat bikes, e-bikes. Oh, yeah, because then Maybe. you add pedal assist. Yeah. Maybe you just have that motor in the hub or mid-drive and that can help you. Then I'd jump on it. <laughs> or maybe this isn't for the trails we're currently riding. Maybe this is to explore parts of the earth we haven't ridden a bike on yet. Yeah. Expand the the circle that you know. There's a there's an image that that I like to uh, put out on the podcast. I'm going to paint a word picture here. So you have a circle, and that was a circle where bikes could ride, and then mountain bikes came, and then that circle doubled. You know, that was the terrain that we could cover. And then fat bikes came and Ooh. it tripled. So maybe even softer. So we're not trying to poo-poo the idea. I just don't know. And as materials get lighter, you know. It, possibly. Possibly. It's the whole weight that issue that, that makes me concerned about that bigger wheel. Well, and if we add weight to the wheel, could we even ride groomed snow on it anymore? Yeah. Yeah. Well, with that size, well, yeah, maybe. Where where do where does the weight and the float yeah. converge? And we need to do more research. I think that we should file for a grant or something. Yes, because we need wheels. to research different frame <laughs> geometry and everything else. How do you fit all that in there? You know, the Federal Department of Fun. Contact us here at the Bicycle but Doctor. I think we're interested in uh, checking that out. So, we talked a little bit about e-bikes. We have here at the shop the new Serial 1 e-bikes by Harley-Davidson, and we all got to ride them. So, Kyle, what do you think about those bikes? There's kind of two different models. Yeah, so the first model I rode was the um, <clears throat> the Rush model, which is a CVT. It's an automatic, so not many people drive manual cars anymore, so if you... Drive a vehicle today that's an automatic, you're going to jump on this bike. It's going to feel like the same experience. You don't need a kit up. You can jump on it on your jeans, your cargo shorts, ride to the grocery store, ride down the path, and your feet are turning, and the bike is carrying you away. Um, <clears throat> the second bike I rode was the single-speed version, and that bike is interesting um, as more of a rider that shifts through the gears and looks for a more engaging experience, that bike was one that took off a little quicker, and the first thing I pictured was the short track races that they do on Harley-Davidson's in the stadiums. 
Um, and we've got a go-kart track that's totally flat, not too far from the shop here. <laughs> super fun. Super Bikes are super fun. Uh, uh, they accelerate quick. They're easy to put together. Uh, everything is integrated, which sometimes can be a nightmare if something goes catastrophically wrong, but they get really good parts on them. Uh, the, the the belt drive is so quiet. It's, it's a different experience. And like Kyle said, for somebody who doesn't want to shift, they just want to get on that, that automatic transmission. It's odd in the parking lot when you're just kind of turning around. If you take it properly on the, on the, on the road, it's amazing. Um, the styling on these bikes, I think is, I, I, and I attribute that to Harley taking a fresh approach. Uh-huh. Uh, there's a step through and a not step through, <laughs> uh, <laughs> a normal, a normal shaped bike uh, that both are sleek looking and it looks like somebody, an industrial designer that uh, is very talented, designed these bikes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So their curb appeal is is excellent on these bikes. It's almost like everything you you need, nothing you don't. It's slick. It it looks simple, yet it's you know obviously pretty complicated. But it's uh, easy to charge the batteries. It rides really smooth. It's got the same platform as far as the tires as. Uh, Trek does on their super commuter, what used to be now called Alant. Uh, with the mid-engine drive, it, it's nice and stable. Uh, you don't have the battery or the motor in the back wheel, so it, it feels nice and stable. It's very comfortable, very reassuring. So their their motor and their system, Trek uses the Bosch system, and I think that that, and this brings up a whole e-bike concern, is these electrical systems, you have to think about two, three, you have to think about the end of your warranty. Where is where is this system going to be at, right? And uh, I, I I think the Bosch system is is a good system. It's solid. There's a good company behind it. I think that five years from now you'll be able to get some parts for that. Where it, the Harley system is it proprietary to Harley or what system is in there? So it has a Bros system, and I was uh, talking about the bike with a customer the other day, and they actually recognized it mm. as a big uh, manufacturer in Europe. Oh, right on. Which is reassuring that five years from now, you're going to have parts for it. It's not some uh, you know online e-bike that you bought for $1,500, and you think you get a good deal till something goes wrong with it. Nobody has diagnostic tools for it, or you can't really get a hold of customer service. Not a problem with Bosch system, with uh, uh, other systems like Fizua. Uh, that's also on Trex. Mm-hmm. And this year for Harley, you know, we're confident we're going to receive support for many years to come because Let's face it, e-bikes are not going anywhere. They're oh, here yeah. to stay. Yeah, They're absolutely. awesome. And I don't know any customer that test rode an e-bike. They all come back with a smile. Right. They, and that's what know. we always said about <laughs> fat bikes. Yes. You know, all you have to do is try one. And that's I would I would encourage anybody that's out there that still holds uh, e-bikes as oh that's something I'm never going to try. You should at least try one and see what they're about. And, yeah. Um, and don't say and don't say, oh, I'm not there yet. What does that mean? I'm, right. uh, you know, I'm not 100 years old, and I have one just because I like to sometimes hop on it and have right. an easier ride to work, or I can carry my lunch and change of clothes. And I don't want to ride my race bike. Yeah. You know, I don't want to c- drive carless lifestyle. You got to go pick up 80 pounds of dog food. Yeah, it's hard to do on 
Yeah, just hook <laughs> on up a, a pedal bike. <laughs> hook up a burly trailer or or a bob trailer. Put the f- dog food on there, and off right. you go. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a bunch of reasons why e-bikes make sense, um, <laughs> but I digress. So the uh, the other question that we have from our listener is weight limits on bikes. Um, we had a customer say, "What's the maximum weight that this bike will will hold?" Uh, and I know I've I've read in like I read in salsa fat bikes have have a weight limit, and I think it's like two hundred and twenty five pounds for their uh, for their bare grease frame. Um, what do you think uh, people should look at look at for for that? So, usually, so usually what they'll say is say combined weight of mm-hmm. bike and rider, not to exceed whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. There's some aluminum disc brake road bikes you had that were like 250 mm-hmm. um you know and i think uh there's some fat bikes that are also 250 you know and i think and there are some super lightweight road bikes that actually have a higher weight limit and the thing that holds the company back from rating them higher is the wheel set mm. the frame can hold the weight but the wheels are the weak link sure um but- they don't specify it. They say bike rider they weight just, limit. They just specify rider plus bike cannot exceed this weight limit. So um, and that's now you got to start doing the math if you're hauling 80 pound dog food <laughs> back and forth. <laughs> yeah. 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 So that would be rider plus bike plus Cargo, dog food. Right. Cargo. But that's if you carry it on your back. Yeah. Or on the panniers. But if you're pulling it with a trailer. Then you have to calculate the tongue weight. See, uh, I know that like know. surly big fat dummy <laughs> definitely has a a cargo weight yes. on it. The uh, salsa black barrel has, I think, seventy pounds of cargo. Uh, so, and that has to be what the rack is rated for because mm-hmm. thin aluminum or steel. And I and always recommend heavier people go towards like a. Solid steel, steel, not solid, but a good steel bike, like a surly fat bike, would be what I would recommend for a guy that mm-hmm. is in that over 300-pound range. Yeah, right? we had the customer looking for a bike, and uh, we, with the shortage of bikes, we I know a friend of mine who works at a different shop, and they were they had that size with that weight limit and sent them over there, give them some business, but I wasn't going to suggest something that, you know, it was going to break. But, um, so yeah, and it was a salsa for that matter. One of the steel frames, I believe, fat bikes. At my heaviest, I always rode the lightest carbon wheels and the lightest carbon frame. Living and, on the edge. And I <laughs> I really don't break a lot of stuff, although I have broken a few hubs, but... Um, Your technical skills are superior. Yeah, but yeah, I haven't, I haven't broken it, a, a set of carbon rims you know ever. How to ride. It You've comes been... down to the way you ride. Yeah, yeah, it could be. There are pros that put tens of thousands of miles on super lightweight wheels, and then there are teenagers that break more stout wheels. Yeah, because in... they take it off the loading dock. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet jumps. This is true. I don't do a lot of I don't do a lot of big jumps. Just tiny ones. Yeah, very. Almost have to use it like a microscope to see my air airtime. Oh, I get there. <laughs> so check your manufacturer. That's 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 what I would say. Uh, and you can always take and put a set of tandem wheels on a strong steel 
bike and that's gonna that's gonna up it's, gonna, its durability yeah. just ride those ride those stock wheels till they break hopefully not while you're flying more spokes the better yeah 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 so the last thing that we uh, that we're going to talk about is the yeah and this kind of brings into the question i have the 2020 question mark trek roscoe because model years kind of are blurred and stretched out of what we thought was going to be a 2022 might be or a 2020 now we're we've been in the 2020 model year for oh almost two years now right so uh, you can't really put a year on it but the new trek roscoe is out Mm -hmm. and it's got 29 by 2.6 i think or 2.5 inch which is like almost plus it's what we it's what every mountain biker wanted in 1988 yes. <laughs> was just a 2.5 or 2.6 inch tire um what do you guys think about it it was a 27.5 by 2.8 or 3 uh in its previous and it's kind of covering it kind of took the place of the stash right or so or is one bike for two models there were some some customers asking about the stash and it was. It went away very quietly. Mm-hmm. There was a frame set available, but no complete bikes. Correct. Yes. And so they took away the twenty nine plus. Still had this twenty seven and a half plus, with a rear quick release. And so the other feature of this new Roscoe is a rear through axle. Right. Yeah. It's got updated standards. So it's got boost. It's got boost. It's got through axle twenty nine by two five, which a two five tire when we were I was getting into the sport racing cross country, that was a downhill tire. Yeah. And if yeah. those guys had enough tire to blast down a mountain, um I think this two point five inch could be the sweet medium where maybe the the bigger tires there was that the weight the point of convergence where the weight and the float, but then the effort it took to push them uh, didn't pay off. And I know Trek yeah. has been been behind the 29. They really like that attack angle of the 29-inch wheel better, better than the 27.5. It rolls um, better. It's faster. And it... And it's just as playful. If you know what you're doing in the air, you can you can do it with the 29er. It's all getting that short change stay. So... Um, and with today's manufacturing, they can do that. You know, they can get a shorter chain stay, a slacker head angle, and it's a fun bike to play on. So as soon as we get one of these, we should all get super excited like we worry about, we're about the Serial 1 e yes. but We should all go rally on one. Jump them. Not, not the Serial 1. Jump the Roscoe. Yeah, the Roscoe. Yeah, because what is it, a 140 travel fork? Yeah. Yeah, anybody can jump that, land that. That's yeah. pretty sweet. Yeah, and it's all, if you get a bike that's slack enough, it makes it so much more comfortable to get it in the air. So, Chuck Roscoe, check it out. It might be called Roscoe's Mustache <laughs> if I were in the marketing department at Trek, but that's sweet. probably never going to happen. As soon as we get that, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll throw it out there on the web. and We have some on back order. We ordered them when they were the 2020 model year. 27 and a half, and no. they sold out, and so we've been gifted these Roscoe 29s. Look at that. That's how that works. And they if come in, so. What they run out of, we get whatever is next in line. So we just locked out, and we're going to get those. All right. Well, that's our first episode of Ask the Bicycle Doctor. We had a couple of questions. Um, if you'd like to ask the Bicycle Doctor some questions, just email gomez at fatbike.com, ask 
with Ask the Doc in the subject line. And uh, if we mention your name, I'll send you speak. If we read your question, not only will you get an answer and become a little bit internet famous, but you'll get some right. stickers from me or, or God knows I'll send you some swag. I've got, I've got swag. So here that we're a bicycle doctor, I just want to say we're not liable for any answers to medical questions. <laughs> <laughs> we're not actual doctors. We can play one on TV easily. Yeah, exactly. And uh, any other any other things that either of you cats want to say? Take two aspirin. Call us in the morning. <laughs> Unless you're allergic to all the ingredients of aspirin. Or you're on blood thinner. Have... Don't take more aspirin, please. We are not medical professionals. <laughs> don't if you're on Coumadin, don't take aspirin. <laughs> we should have the fast, re- fast reading. Uh, don't go mountain here. biking. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't go mountain biking after aspirin. This is what I prescribe you. Go ride your bike and have fun. One bike a day keeps the doctor away. Yes, indeed. But All right. Till next time. Arrivederci, amigos.